Guys, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Acts chapter 4 this morning. And I've titled this message, Prayer is Where the Action Is. Prayer is Where the Action Is. How many of you here today, you just love prayer? You love to pray, love to talk to the Lord. Wonderful. And um, I want to encourage you this morning in the Lord. And... uh, I can think back of a a time, and and I I think when I first became aware of the power of prayer was um, probably when I was about 11 or 12, and uh, someone had given me a Christian comic, and it was called God's Smuggler. It was the story of Brother Andrew. And for those of you who know the story, it was based on that true story, a true missionary, um, Andrew van der Bell, and uh, his ministry was smuggling Bibles into close countries, into Europe, and um, going behind the, the Iron Curtain, and getting into all these, these hard, difficult-to-reach places. I'm about 11 or 12, I'm lying in my bedroom, this magazine open, and I'm reading the cartoons, and this one place he's pulled up. He drove a Volkswagen Beetle, and he's at this border crossing, and these guards are there coming to look. And if, he's, if they find Bibles, he'll be arrested, and all the Bibles will be confiscated. And so as they're walking towards the vehicle, he prays, and he prays his prayer, and he says, Lord, in the past, you made blind eyes see. Now make seeing eyes blind. And the gods come and they look, and he is just piled up with Bibles. And they open up the, the boot of this vehicle, and it's full of Bibles. And the gods look at each other, and they walk, and they flag him on. And he goes through, and he gets drops off all those Bibles. And, <laughs> and I, I'm about 11 or 12, and I'm like, your prayer is powerful. Like, I, I, it never really clicked until that moment. And it really gave me, from a young age, faith in the power of God to hear those things and to answer those things that we ask for. Prayer is powerful. I remember, we, we were associated a little bit with the, um, with the ministry. It was called Open Doors, Brother Andrew. He actually died, passed away last year. And um, after meeting, I said to him, we, we, Cara and I chatted to him, and I said, you know, that magazine changed my life. I really, I, I said, I, from that time, I get God, it was like God dropped faith into my heart. And he's an old man at that point, and he's like, yeah, that magazine. I don't know who made that magazine. It wasn't me. They just stole my story, and, and some Americans put it into publication. And, and I said, well, it blessed me. Help me. So, that, that was, it was interesting. But prayer is where the action is. Things happen when we pray and when we talk to God. Um, back in the 1800s, there was a church in London called the Metropolitan Tabernacle. They were seeing amazing revivals happening. Thousands of people were streaming every Sunday to hear the word and get saved. And it was so phenomenal what was happening is that 
a group of young pastors from around the country came there and they said to the pastor, who was Charles Spurgeon, they said, we want to know what is the secret? How is it that your church, all other churches are small, your church is just thousands and people are getting saved every week. He said, come with me, I'm going to take you down. And he took them down around this where, where the basement was and he said, let me show you the boiler room. Now, in those days, steamships had boiler rooms where they would generate the steam and that would turn the turbines and so on. And he said, let me take you down into the boiler room. And so he leads them down into this basement. It's a Sunday morning and he opens up the door and there are a hundred Christians on their knees praying for the service. He said, that's where the power is. Great things happen when we pray, when we call on the Lord. And I just want to, this morning, motivate you to pray. Very simple, isn't it? And this is really one of the keys for a movement like Josh Jen. You saw last night, those of you at the gathering, the growth that is happening. How does growth like that happen? It happens through prayer. How can growth like that be sustained over the next year and the next two years and ten years and so on, how can that be sustained? It's through prayer. And I don't know this morning where you are at with God in terms of your prayer life, but I know just the way we have winter and it's kind of sometimes it's really hard to get out and do that run around the block unless you bridge it. But every I think for the rest of us, to keep our prayer lives warm and hot and on fire, we need to really make the effort, getting up early in the morning, spending time, getting to those prayer meetings. And um, it's, it's really, I mean, we love our com groups because we can catch up, we can talk, how things going, how was Sunday for you, that kind of thing. But com groups an important place where prayer happens. And prayer isn't just a little tag at the end, okay, we've run out of time, let's pray. But prayer really needs to be that time when we come into God's presence and we call on the Lord. And I want to show you this morning just the power when we pray and just really perhaps this will ignite something in you as you see the church in the book of Acts, praying and the effect of it. Um, it's in Acts chapter 4. And uh, just to give you a little bit of background over here, what had happened is the first apostolic miracle. That was when that crippled man was healed outside the temple. And uh, he jumps up on his feet. Peter had said, silver and gold, I do not have. What I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And rise up and walk. And so this guy's jumping up and like a kangaroo and he's like, you know, wow, praise God. And people gather around and Peter and John share the gospel and they tell them about Jesus. This guy was healed by Jesus and Jesus is a savior. Jesus is the one who's coming back and you need to give your lives to him. And close on 2,000 people got saved, gave their hearts to the Lord that time. And, and so... What happens is news comes to the chief priests and 
the priests are really upset about this because they crucified Jesus and they thought they did away with the problem. And here it is in their own temple, they preaching Jesus. And so the Sanhedrin council come and call Peter and John and they take them into custody and they interrogate them. And as they're being interrogated and they said, we are commanding you not to preach about Jesus anymore. And Peter and John says, well, whether it's right or not, we've got to obey God rather than man. God told us to preach about Jesus. And so they said, you guys put Jesus to death. God raised him from the dead. We're going to keep preaching. The Holy Spirit had come upon Peter at that moment. And, and so as God is working over here, the chief priests are going, listen, should we just like, like we crucified Jesus a few weeks ago, we can do it to you too. And they threatened them. And they said, go, but you just watch out. And so here was this pivotal moment for the church where at that time, Peter or John could have said, guys, let's just, let's move out of Jerusalem. Things are too hot here. Let's go to like one of the small Galilee towns. We'll just kind of continue our work there. They said, no, we're going to keep preaching Jesus to these people. And so as they come back to the church, this is where we pick up. And it's in verse 23. And it said, being let go, they went to their own companions and they reported to them all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God and here's their prayer with one accord. And they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage? And the people plot vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand. And their rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord... They are praying, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place that they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Here you can see the immediate answer to their prayer. When they had prayed, something happened. Prayer is where the action is. And if you were just to outline this, and I'll just put this out for those of you who like to take notes. Verse 23, why they prayed. Verse 24, how they prayed. Verse 29 to 30, what they prayed. And in verse 31, what happened after they prayed. Is that kind of clear? And, and, and so you can see here is the reason why Luke is telling us about this is he says, hey, there's going to be this church one day. Churches, Josh Chen, 
where they're going to need to be convinced that prayer is powerful. So let's put this in here and they will read about it and they will realize how effective prayer is when we are facing trials and challenges. When hard times come our way, what do we do? We pray. We call upon the Lord. And if you see verse 23, why they prayed, they prayed because they had been busted. The authorities had told them, stop your preaching. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. I know there are a lot of companies today that have company policy. Don't talk about religion on the workplace. You know, this is what was happening. Don't talk your Christianity. And so that is why they prayed. How they prayed, says verse 24, they raised their voice to God with one accord. Now, prayer is something that really does bond us. I find that I can, if I can get praying with people, I get close to them very quickly. It just really connects us together. We pray with one accord. And I think the Holy Spirit really, you know, it, it's like times where, where I've gone to minister in a different country, and it's a foreign language. And, and what I'll do is I'll just... And I'm not good with languages. Other people are, not me. But I'll, I'll go, just tell me one or two words. And, um, and, and tell me one or two words in your language. A little hello and that kind of thing. And, um, and then I'll learn those words. And then when I go meet people and they'll say, hey, this is so and so from South, South Africa. And I don't want to understand what they're saying. And I'll just go, Oh no, bon You know, and they were like, whoa, awesome. It's, there's a connection. I spoke their language. And, and you see, that is really what draws us together as the body of Christ when we pray. Now, last Sunday, Uncle Jeff, he spoke to us about the apostles' doctrine. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. That drew them together to fellowship. That drew them together to breaking of bread. That drew them together and to prayer. So prayer is one of those values that we want to make sure happens in the church, happens in the congregation, happens in our lives, happens in our homes, happens with our kids. Prayer is so important. Prayer draws us together. They prayed with one accord. And they said, Lord, you are God. Why do, why do we pray? Why, why should we, why would we take time out of our day to pray? Because he's God. Because God is the Lord, and the Lord is God. And so when we come with our challenges, you've got to remind yourself, he's God and you're not. Right? Okay, that's motivation to pray. He is God, and He is the great authority. And so, you made heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. God, if you could make those stars up there, if you could create those vast oceans, the waves, Hawaii, if you could do all that, God, my prayer is like nothing for you. Help me make it through this month. You know, 
those kind of things, we remind ourselves all the time how great, how awesome God is. And so that is how they prayed and what they prayed. Look at verse 29. Lord, look on their threats. Grant us boldness to speak your word. Stretch out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Do we want to see miracles in the church? Do we want to see God working powerfully in people's lives? Do we want to see people getting saved and coming to know Jesus? Do we want, do we want to see baptisms? Do we want to see our kids on fire for Jesus? We do. We have to pray for those. Okay? Sometimes the only reason we're not seeing those things is because we're not seeking them. We've got to bring those up before the Lord. And so they were. And so they prayed and they said, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Now notice they didn't say amen here. Because they were still continuing to pray. And so prayer isn't something that we just, okay, it's finished. But prayer is a continuing, ongoing thing in our lives. How many of you pray in the car when you drive? Okay, good, yes, okay. Don't know if the traffic officers would think of you now, but I, I trust you do it with your eyes open. Okay? So, prayer is something that we can do at home. It's something we can do when we're in transit. We can do um, together when we're with others. Um, how many of you still pray in a restaurant or coffee shop? Okay? Praise the Lord. I've met people just praying in a coffee shop and someone else, another Christian comes across and says, Oh, I see you're Christian. And I go, no, I'm Buddhist. You know, no, but it's just... But prayer is so powerful, and we see what happened after they prayed. Verse 31. Um, guys, we should all have this verse marked out in our Bible. When they had prayed. When they had prayed, that's when things happened. God, sometimes prayer is just the trigger that fires off those missiles of the Lord, when God begins to move, okay? So, what happened when they had prayed? Now, four things that prayer will do for you. And this is straight out of this verse 31. Prayer will shake things up. Prayer will fill things up. Prayer will open things up. Prayer will drive things out. So, how does prayer shake things up? Well, look at verse 31. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. There was a tremor. Now, prayer really is good because it does shake things up. You know, I think one of our troubles that we have to deal with, this is like church leadership stuff. This is one of the troubles that any church leader has to deal with is, you know, we could have a great revival last Saturday or last Sunday or last weekend and this weekend, everyone's hearts are cold. Because people so quickly become complacent. You look at revivals throughout history, the revival in Wales, the ones here in Worcester thing. Hey, is Worcester on fire for Jesus? Not today. Okay? You look at those places, Wales. Is Wales on fire for Jesus? Scotland on fire for Jesus? Not today. Okay, Why? Because people have revivals and then they pack up their bags and they go home. They forget about it. 
you know, get back onto Netflix again and, you know. And so pe- people become complacent. So sometimes a bit of shaking is good, okay? So prayer sets off earthquakes in the church, spiritual earthquakes. So we need to be praying just so that people don't become complacent. So prayer shakes things up. Secondly, prayer fills things up. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Prayer fills things up. Jesus said, how much more will he give the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So when we are praying, at the same time, God is answering. He is filling folk with the Holy Spirit. And prayer opens things up. Their mouths were opened up to speak the word of God with boldness. And prayer drives things out. Fear suddenly disappeared. They were being intimidated. They were being threatened with their lives. They were being told, don't preach anymore. We don't want to hear about Jesus. And suddenly that fear is gone and they can go out and they can preach boldly. This is what happens when we pray. Prayer is mighty. Prayer is powerful. Guys, you know, um, I think... I think back of times where I have been anxious about something. And Corin picks it up and she's like, what are you so anxious about? And I'll share with her and we'll pray together and the anxiety goes. Because God is powerful like that. Prayer is the best thing that you can do. It's the, what was that medicinal compound that was work for everything? No, it was that. There was a kid's song we used to sing. But, okay, I'll think about it. But it was this one medication that worked for everything. That's prayer. Prayer works for everything. Every situation. Don't worry about it. Brian, forget it. So, the early church, the Acts Church, is a real example and model for us in prayer. You want to pray, learn from these guys. But who did these guys learn from? Jesus. Turning your Bible back to Luke 11, and I'm so glad for this chapter over here, Luke chapter 11. It says, now it came to pass... As Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, it's interesting because they never asked him to teach them how to preach or how to do miracles, how to heal, 
how to deliver, they asked him, teach us to pray. You see, there was something that they saw in the life of Jesus that they desired for themselves. Prayer was this language between the Father and the Son, and the Son and the Father. And it was something that the disciples yearned for in their own lives. And they said, we want to speak that language he speaks, the language of heaven. We want to be able to communicate with God the way he does. Teach us to pray. I wish that every single one of us, when we go home, that today and this week, we would go to Jesus and say, Jesus, teach me how to pray. Teach me to pray. And Jesus willingly does, and he gives them the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. Who can pray this prayer? It's only a Christian. Only someone who is saved, who knows the Lord Jesus. Because you can't call, not anyone can call God Father. It's only the one who is the child of God, who is saved, and knows Jesus. And so, Jesus goes on, and he speaks to them about how to pray. In verse 5, he said to them, which of you, if you've got a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come with me on a journey, and I've got nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, don't trouble me, the door is shut and my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's his friend, Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Jesus is like really extending prayer to all of us. He's saying, you know, a powerful and effective prayer life. It's not just the ministry of a few in the church. He says, I want you all to experience this. I want my children, as young as they are, I want them to know that their prayers are just as powerful as their fathers. I want them to know that prayer is as much a promise to them as it is to me. And so prayer is something that is so important that we spread these promises. Now, Jesus uses this account and he says, look, you might have a friend out there and your friend, you go knock on his door. Now, if it's midnight and he's fast asleep, he's not just going to, okay, come inside. Let me make you coffee. No, like go away. Come back tomorrow. I'm sleeping. But if you keep on knocking, eventually he's going to come down and he's going to open up for you because I would. Okay, and Jesus says, you want to know how to really pray? Don't work on the friend thing, work on the persistence thing. Just keep knocking. So now, I've learned that, that the way I get what I want, when I ask the Lord, is I just keep on and on. Because I know how my kids are, when they're like, Dad, can I, Dad? Dad, dad, dad. Okay, just get, take it. You can have it. <laughs> just be quiet. And now, can you imagine the Lord, you know? 
How many Christians are there on earth right now? Like two and a half billion? Lord, give it. Give it, God. Give it, you know. And now sometimes there are things that God can just say no. You know? Like, you know, we can pray for something and we, we can persist and persist and, you know, and God's like, no, that's not in my will for you, child. Just, just take God's word at it. But if God doesn't, I always ask people, when people say, I don't know, I've been praying for something, God didn't answer it, okay? And I listened, well, what is that request? Would, would I answer that prayer? <laughs> no, so no, I don't think so, forget it. No. Okay, but if it's one of those prayers, it's like, oh, you know, I really want to see my granny come to Jesus. I'm like, keep praying. Keep on asking that prayer, you know? And so we've got to persist. We've got to keep on praying. Persistent prayer, very powerful. You know, I always think um, I learned evangelism, how to evangelize in Australia. I was doing ministry there, and God just... I think God used that time in Australia to teach me evangelism. I learned how to preach in America. I was at a Bible school in America. I learned how to pray in Africa. Okay? It's funny how God does things. Africa taught me how to pray. And I can tell you honestly, I didn't learn how to pray in Australia. I didn't learn how to pray in America. I learned how to pray in Africa. Africa, the people pray. When Cor and I planted our first church in Cape Town, way back when, um, we were pushing hard and we were ministering hard and we were serving hard and it just didn't feel like things were happening. And eventually, these three African ladies came to me. Auntie Jane, Auntie Grace, and Auntie Elizabeth. They were Kenyan. And they said, listen, you're working really hard in the ministry. I can see you're going to actually kill yourself. We want to pray for you. We want to start to intercede and pray for this church that God would grow it and bless it and people would get saved. So I said, go for it. And so they started to pray. They started to intercede. I went and sat in some of their prayer meetings. Just these three ladies, they wouldn't like, you know, it wasn't like get the whole church praying. It was just them. They'd start praying. Every Wednesday, they would fast. Then they would pray. And now, if you came into their prayer meeting and you said, oh, I've, I've just got this need. Can you pray? I, I, you know, my car's broken. I'm... Auntie Jane would be quick to tell you, no, you keep that prayer to yourself. We had, we're praying for the church. We're praying for God to save people. We're praying for the Committed members, we're praying for tithes and offerings. That's all they prayed for. Guys, within about six months, we were seeing revival. The prayer was powerful. God was moving. Now, two of those ladies, they're in glory at the moment. They've, they've gone to heaven. Auntie Elizabeth, she's still alive. We communicate. She's still, I still ask her to pray for things. And God showed us, God showed us like, there's power in prayer. Prayer is where the action is. And if they hadn't started praying, I would have still been leading a church of 10 people. But God blessed it. Within that one year, it grew up to 70 and 80. God was just adding people getting saved over and over and more and, and baptisms and we started discipleship school and all those things. God moves. Prayer is where the action is.
And I can remember times in, in Africa, there were these men in East Africa who I went to pray with. And um, I can remember, I, I mean, I don't know if any of you, like when you kneel and you pray, you like to pray like this. So it's a lot more comfortable than that, okay? And so this was my style. I just pray like that. And I'm looking at these guys, and, and they're praying, these, like, um, I think they were Burundian Christians. And, like, we were on this hard tile floor. I mean, it was cold, it was hard. And I see they're all praying like this. And I think I'm going to be like a rebel if I'm praying like this. So we're all like, you know, on our knees. Now, about 30 seconds later, my knees are killing me. And I'm like, <laughs> kind of doing this. And I look around, and these men, they're like not even moving. An hour later, they're still like on their knees like that. And they're like, I'm like, bro, do you have metal in there? What is it? Like, how is, you know, but, but these guys, they, they knew how to pray. Prayer, I think, like one of our African legacies that we have, and I think maybe it's because Africa is so full of needs. We've got no other cause but to pray. And so prayer needs to be a strong muscle in the church. It's something that we've got to encourage, we've got to inspire each other about. My knees are hurting now already. So, <laughs> um, prayer defeats the devil. How many of you believe that? Do you know that the Bible never says anywhere the devil is invincible? He's powerful, but he's not invincible. I've overcome the devil through prayer. We can do that. Prayer is very powerful. Listen to what, what Jesus says in Matthew 16, 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Who's got some keys here? Who's got a key here? Okay. I mean, all of you, all of you, you use some keys. Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys. Now, what do keys do? They unlock things. Okay. So, if, if Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom, do you want those keys? I want them. So, what are those keys? The keys of the kingdom, the power to be able to bind and loose. What is it essentially? Prayer. And Jesus says, I'm giving it to you to use. Okay? So, all of us, we need keys to get us into places. And Jesus says, this key of authority, this key by which you can overcome the devil, by which you can make sure that God's kingdom prospers and God's kingdom grows and God's kingdom goes forward, is prayer. Do it. Use those keys that you have. Uh, prayer is so powerful. Je Jesus in John 14 and verse 13, and I love these promises. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So, so now, it says, whatever you ask in my name. So just remember, that's always a thing. It's not, okay, so, like, let's just think. Okay, um, praying, okay, you guys, you're playing rugby. You've got a rugby match coming up, okay? Lord, we pray, I pray that we will 
thrash. What other team? Okay. Who are the last guys that beat you, Oaks? Paul Jim. Okay. We pray. I pray in Jesus' name that we will thrash Paul Jim. Now that all the Christians of Paul Jim on the rugby team are praying, I pray that we will just thrash those Oaks. Now, what's Jesus going to do? Okay. So just think, whatever. Can you ask in his name? Is that for his glory? So, so just remember that, okay? Not the horses that you bet on, okay? In His name. Is this for His glory? So pass it through that all the time. Prayer is where the action is. Um, I want to be part, I want to be part of any church, any prayer ministry. Because I feel that for me and Pretty soon, I'm going to be celebrating my 50th birthday. So, I'm a, I'm a toppy. I'm an old guy already. I know I don't look it. Okay? My, my body tells me it. And, and I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to the next 10 years, 15 years of my life, if I'm going to make it count, I'm going to need to be doing a lot of praying. I'm going to need to pray a lot. And you too. If some of you, look here, you don't have too long to go either. So... <laughs> Just, just realize that. Prayer, prayer is powerful. Prayer is mighty. Prayer, when they had prayed, it's when the things happened. Your situation at home, it stinks. When they had prayed, give yourself to prayer. Don't give up. Situation at work, the church if we are not praying, the enemy is getting a stronghold. The enemy is establishing himself. We've got to keep praying. Prayer is it's, it's our warfare. It's so important. So let me just close with a couple of stories, things I can tell you about the power of prayer. Um, way back, there was a time where Coronad started a um, Christian meeting in Woodstock. It was in a... Um, one of those halfway houses kind of thing, accommodation um, for people that were down in arts coming to Cape Town and they didn't have a lot of money to pay. And so um, we were invited to do a, like a, a Christian meeting there. And there was this Anglican priest that was managing the place. And um, he, he was someone, I mean, he'd have these big rings, big necklaces, big crucifix but served the devil, and um, God and everything was not really much in his radar. And, and so um, he would really antagonize the people that lived there. And so we would hear, like when we were doing these meetings at night, we would hear him and people like screaming and shouting and going berserk. So there was this one lady, and then was Stella, and... We'd be having our prayer meetings and, and meeting and sharing the word. And this guy and this lady, Stella, they would get into these battles. Whether it was on the second floor or whatever, but we would hear them and alert, fluk. <laughs> like you can't believe. Now, here you are, like sharing about Jesus. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and this woman would get these like temper tantrums 
that she would literally like throw things and she gets so aggro. And um, we said, okay, let's guys, let's tonight, we're going to pray for that lady to come to know Jesus. And um, she was hard and resistant. We shared the gospel. I don't want to know about your Jesus. And we're like, no, let's pray for it. We're going to pray. And we started to pray for this lady. And once she came walking past, like where we were meeting, and I was reading at that moment, I was reading in the book of Revelation, and about those, you know, like how hectic it's going to be and all that. And I saw her, she kind of paused, and then she came in. And she sat in where we were meeting. And um, she was just very quiet. No, no, it's flicking, I think. The meeting happened. Everyone left. She stayed there. And she looked at me and she's like, I don't want all that stuff to happen to me. So I said, me neither. I don't want that stuff to happen to me either. She's like, well, what must I do? I said, you must give your heart to Jesus. She said, can I do it right now? She prayed, she accepted Jesus, she got baptized, and she walked with Jesus. She became a member in our church. It happened when we prayed. God broke something. There was a bit of a, I think there was a demonic spirit in her actually, that she was so aggressive and angry. There was a lady in our church, um, her name was Ruth Muller. Um, she had a very bad heart issues, heart problems. And um, she'd gone for all these tests, and they determined that the only course of action was that she had to have open heart surgery. Quite a tricky procedure. Um, and so they said to her, okay, what you need to do is um, you need to make your will out. And so she had two young daughters and kind of made her will out. And um, we had prayed for her. And it was a Monday morning that she had to go into Chris Barnard with all the surgeons and to have this procedure done. Sunday, we said, church, let's pray. We're going to call on the Lord. Got the oil out, anointed her with oil, laid hands, prayed for her in the name of the Lord. And Lord, be with her. She goes in for the surgery, help her to go fire, help her give, show the doctors what to, you know, those kind of prayers. And Lord, if possible, heal her. And, and so... She goes Monday morning, goes into Christian Barnard, and um, I, I phone her husband later, Tiens, I'm like, Tiens, how's, how's the, um, Ruth, have you heard anything? No, she's back home. I'm like, back home? What do you mean she's back home? No, the doctors did one more little sort of um, x-ray sort of uh, procedure thing, and they find there's nothing wrong. She's fine. And we go, what? Well, but why didn't you tell us? Oh, we're just rejoicing. And, and these are the things that God does. God moves powerfully when we pray. Um, 2019, 2019, God um, directed us to open a prayer room in Cape Town. And we opened it up in Batonkan Street opposite where Truth Coffee was. I had an office there. And we opened it up. We didn't know that there would be a thing called COVID in 2020. God led us to open this prayer room. We would pray in that thing night and day. We prayed. We had people from the church who would come and pray. And God used that thing so mightily that when we joined into Josh Chen, that's when we, um, we had to give it up and all that kind of thing. But we were praying. And 
God was answering prayers because we were gathering together. We were praying. 20, late 2020, Corona, we went through some insane marriage kind of challenges and problems in our life. Our church said, we're going to pray for 21 days for Dimitri and Corin, their marriage to get restored. God did it. And, and God did miracles in that place. I, I'm a, so we are testaments of the power of prayer. Great things happen when we pray. Prayer is where the action is. And so, folk, if I can leave you with a thought today, I think, Corin, something you want to share, yeah, um, is, guys, you can do anything. You can do anything in the world. You can take over the world even if you want to. You can be an astronaut. You can be the world's greatest person. But if you don't know how to pray, you've missed the biggest thing. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. You ask God, teach you how to pray. 